us. God came to be with us. Um, Jason mentioned Emmanuel, of course, the, his name, God with us. And we find other references like uh, John 14 where he says, The Word became flesh. We have in Hebrews where it says, Jesus is the express image of God, God with us, as he's with us as God. I like uh, John 14, you don't have to turn there, but John 14, of course, Jesus is in, the, is in the upper room with the disciples, and he's talking about, okay, I'm going to be with the Father, I'm, I'm going to leave, and, and he's saying, I'm, I'm going away, you know where I'm going, and they say, where are you going? How, how, Jesus says, I'm the way, I'm the way to the Father, I'm going to the Father, and he says, um, from henceforth, ye have known my Father. She, he says, you've known him, now, now you know him. And now you've seen him. And Philip says, Lord, show us the Father. And, and Jesus responds, Philip, have I been with you this whole time and you, and you haven't recognized me? And he, and he goes on to say, uh, he that hath seen me hath seen the Father. Believest not that I am in the Father and the Father in me. Just, he's trying to, Philip, you're, look, you're looking at the Father. You're look, I'm, I'm him right here. And then he goes on to say, I like what he goes on to say next, because he says, even though I'm going to go away, I'll pray to the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, talking about himself, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him. Talking about himself. He said, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you. Since he says, I'm right here with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Talking about the Spirit, he's going to he say, I'm going to come to you. He, his Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, now living in us. So uh, God came to be with us, and God is with us at all times, in all seasons, in all places. So if you emphasize the word is, not only, see, it's one thing to know that God is with us. But it's another thing to, you know, to be aware of God's presence in our life at all times, in all seasons, in all places. Yes, God is with us. God, uh, including God in my, in my life. I know God is with me, yes. But do, am I aware of his presence? Am I aware of his presence? You know, there, there's been a lot of days when I've lived my life, you know, you do your time in the morning, you read your Bible, you, do, you pray. And then kind of the rest of the day, it's like God just disappears. Like you for, totally forget about God. You're going through the motions of the day and this and that and that. You go on to the next thing, next thing. And maybe a couple obligatory, yes, grace. And you say, thank you for my food. But then again, you, you know, you just go on and you forget about God. But yes, God is with us all the time. And so the trick is being aware more and more and more that God is with me, including God in my, my, my thoughts and how I respond to people and how I react to situations. So, yes, God is with me all the time. So it's a matter of, yes, I know it, and I am aware of it. Now, I think there's times when we're probably more aware of it than others. You know, you get in trouble. And, oh, yes, but God, I need you. You know, you're danger, you're afraid, something threatening, something uh, scary, something uh, uh, chaotic, and you're just confused. Yes, we actually seek out God's presence, and we want God's presence. But then there are other times, you know, when things are really going good, and, you know, God's so much is not quite there so close, and you don't think about God so much. So we want to think about that one of those times, probably uh, on the mountaintop, 
If we're saying God is with us all the time, yes, we know God's with us in the valleys, but yes, God is with us on the mountaintop. And, and we, we think of these mountaintop experiences we have in life. Uh, I'm just trying to think of, you know, in your life what you've experienced already. Okay, graduation. You know, you, 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 you're your senior year, you, you take the last exam, uh, you've passed, and graduation's ahead of you, and you are on the mountaintop because you are done. You, 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 can, you can relax, everything is completed, you've, you've, you've crossed, jumped through that hoop, you're ready for graduation, you're happy, everybody around you is happy, and realizing God is with you at that time. How about, uh, I don't know if, if you've all got, probably not, uh, the time you meet that one special person. Yeah, I know you're looking at it. I, I haven't gotten there yet. Well, you will. At some point, you will. You meet, you meet that one special person, that one you know, this is the one. You're falling in love. You are on the mountaintop. I know when I, I met my wife in, in college, in our junior year in college, uh, fall semester, that was a mountaintop semester. Probably my worst semester academically, but it was didn't matter because I had met my wife and she was the one, and, and she's probably thinking right now, and it's been all downhill since there. But, <laughs> but that was a mountaintop, and you know you get your first job, especially if it's in your field of study. You you get that first big job, and you get that first paycheck until you bring it home to pay the bills. I remember when I started teaching back in 1981. Uh, Teachers, the first year teacher salary was, was $12,000 a year. I mean, that's not very much. And by the time I, I got my first paycheck, I paid the bills, and I ended up literally, literally with $12 left over. And that was to buy food and put gas in the car. And so I didn't eat too well for a couple weeks each time. But, you know, you, you, these are mountaintop experiences that we have. And, and we go through life, and we experience them. And sometimes we, we realize God's with us, and sometimes maybe we don't. But today we want to talk about really not quite this, uh, you know, these, these big things in life, but what the Bible has about some mountaintop experiences, some Bible uh, experiences on the mountaintop. Turn to Luke chapter 9, if you would. And while we're turning there, you know, since I'm a teacher and I have to get the class involved, Think, you Bible scholars, of some mountaintop experiences in the Bible. People that went to the mountaintop. Give me some mountaintop times. This is where nobody wants to talk. Some mountaintop experiences. Think of something. Literally Elijah. Elijah. Absolutely. Yeah, we're not just talking about these, you know, feel-good experiences where you have these big moments. That, that's not really, those, these are not the mountaintop experiences the Bible talked. Yeah, we're talking literally people that were on the mountain. Who else was literally on the mountain? Go ahead. Moses was literally on the mountain, yeah. God literally took him up to the mountain. Anybody else you can think of that was on the mountain? Abraham and Isaac were on the mountain. Jesus went to a mountain. Many times was up on the mountain. So let's talk about some of these mountaintop experiences. First of all, let's, um, let's talk about Abraham. Someone mentioned Abraham. 
Abraham, of course, we know, uh, kind of the father of us all, the, the, guy that, the father of the faith, the friend of God, who God chose. And God told him after he had had this promised son in his old age, you know, 100 years old, he has this son, and it's this beloved son from whom the, the promise is going to uh, come from. And God tells him, okay, take him up the mountain, go up to Mount Moriah and sacrifice him. Well, Abraham just sets off on the, on the journey, no debating, no arguing, and he's going up that mountain. I can only imagine that that, you know, climb up the mountain, number one, is physically got to be draining. Here he is 100 years old, and he's climbing up a mountain, you know, and so it's physically draining, but just mentally, emotionally, spiritually, when you're going up a mountain thinking, I'm going to kill my son at the top, I just cannot imagine what that would be like. And then he gets to the top of the mountain, and my goodness, he's ready to go through with it. I mean, he, he lays the wood up there, and Isaac's on top of the wood, and he stretches out the knife, and God says, hold it, wait. The mountaintop experience for Abraham was not, you know, one of those warm, fuzzy feeling moments. It was a testing moment. And sometimes mountaintop experiences, at least Bible-wise, is more of a testing time where God is just testing our faith to see if we're really going to believe in him and trust him. And though I'm thinking, though, on the way down the mountain, now that was a high-five time for Abraham. You've got to be thinking him, him and Isaac were just high-fiving all the way down that mountain. He didn't have to plunge that knife into his son. Um, so that's, yeah, that's a good mountaintop experience. And then... Uh, we get to Moses. Moses a couple times was up to the mountain. God led Moses up to the mountain when he, on Mount Horeb. He, told, he was already on the mountain, and he had this burning bush, right? That's where he saw the burning bush, the, the bush that was literally on fire but not being consumed, not being burned up. And he sees this bush, and he goes over to it, and God starts talking to him from this bush and tells him, Moses, this is, a, this is holy ground. Take off your shoes. And God literally meets with Moses face, face to face right there in the mountain and tells him what he's going to do to deliver his people out of Egypt. And again, I really don't think that was a warm, fuzzy moment for, for Moses because he, I mean, he's debating this whole thing with God the whole time, how he's saying, I don't want to do this. I can't do this. No, God, no, God. Then ultimately, yes, it was a matter of him choosing to obey and, and go back down the mountain. Now, remember, when you're on the mountain, there, you will be going back down from the mountain. I mean, you, you, you're not going to stay on the mountain. You are going to go back down the mountain. And when you get back down off the mountain, remember that people down at the bottom of the mountain, they, they didn't experience what you experienced on the mountain. I mean, I'm sure that if Moses went down the mountain and told people, hey, I just saw a burning bush. People are probably looking at him, Moses, right. They couldn't, experience, they couldn't appreciate what he just experienced with God on the mountain. So don't be surprised, you know, when you have a mountaintop experience with God and nobody else really can relate to it. Because sometimes it's just between you and God up there on the mountain. And, you, and God just wants your attention and wants to give you something on the mountain. So don't be surprised if others really can't appreciate what you've just been through. Take, for example, the program they just did. I mean, that was a mountaintop experience. And those of us who were just maybe watching or if, if people didn't get to see it, they really cannot appreciate what you all just went through with that mountaintop experience. So, you know, don't, don't, don't be, if everybody's not giving you high fives right now, don't be surprised. That's what I'm trying to say, all right? All right, so Moses signed the Horeb. And then Moses went up to Mount Sinai, right? 
He's, he's got Israel out of, the, out of Egypt. They, they cross the Red Sea. They're on the other side, and God leads Moses up to Mount Sinai. He's going to give him the law. And he gets the whole law. and has this whole big experience. And again, he has to come down the mountain. Coming down off the mountain is real tricky. I, I cannot imagine climbing up something like Mount Everest. But, Joe, you get to the top, and how do they get down? I'm, I mean, I don't think a helicopter just comes and picks them up and takes them back down. They've got to climb back down the mountain. So going down the mountain is probably just as tricky as going up the mountain. Going down the mountain can be a real tricky time. When you're on a mountaintop experience and you come off the mountain, Moses, when he came off the mountain, he came back to reality. And what were the people of Israel doing? I mean, they were engaged in idolatry after God had just rescued them. And they were down there worshiping that golden calf. And Moses did not react well. You know, he came down off the mountain and, man, he was angry and threw those tablets down. And uh, he, it just sometimes it's hard when you come down off that mountain to come back to reality. But that's just what you got to do sometimes. All right, so Moses also one other time went up to the mountain, and really he didn't come down off this mountain. He went to Mount Nebo before they went to the promised land, and God showed him the promised land because he had already, you know, he, he, God told him at one point to speak to the rock so there would water come out for Israel, and Moses hit the rock, and God said, sorry, Moses, you are not going to promised land. But he did give him an opportunity to go up to the mountaintop and see the promised land. So sometimes mountaintops is a visionary time where God lets you see some things, clarifies some things. But for Moses, that was it. God, he, he died at that point, and God buried, took him and buried him at some point. So Moses didn't come down off the mountain that time. But he did go up. Yeah, someone mentioned Elijah. Elijah went up to the mountain a couple times. He went up on Mount Carmel. And, of course, this is where he's doing battle with the, with the prophets of Baal. And, you know, they had the, the ox there and call down fire from heaven to burn it up. And they try, and then, and then he pours water on his and calls down fire, and God burns it up. And then he's slaying all these prophets of Baal, throwing them over the mountain and killing them all. And, man, this is a time of victory and, and you know, a high-fiving time, but just an intense kind of serving time and, and involved time. And a draining time, no doubt, for, Moses, for Elijah up on that mountain. When you just spent, and you've spent all, and, and that's it. And then he comes down off that mountain. And again, it was another really tricky time for someone coming off the mountain. Because then he gets to the bottom, and he hears about Jezebel. And, man, that, that just put him in, into total despair. And Moses takes, or Elijah takes off running. And he gets so far away, and God brings him up another mountain and reveals himself to him there in the stillness of a still, small voice. And that's where, where God speaks to him and reassures him and comforts him and encourages him and gives him his you know, next uh, assignment to do, his, next, his last really final assignments to do. And then um, Jesus on Mount Calvary. Jesus' mountaintop on Mount Calvary was unlike any other mountaintop that anyone in the Bible experienced and unlike anything you and I would ever, will ever experience. Because when Jesus went up on that Mount Calvary, Jesus went up there alone. We talk about God with us. Well, when Jesus was on that mountain, that was the only time anyone could say truthfully, that God is not with us. 
God is not with me. What did Jesus say on the cross? My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And everything got dark, and Jesus was alone without God, the Father, on that mountain. Praise God, none of us will ever have to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? God is with us at all times. But Jesus experienced that, uh, and he knew that was coming. That's what the Garden of Gethsemane was all about. I mean, he knew that there was going to be a time when for the, for the first time forever, he was going to be separated from God the Father. And that, that was worse that he was dreading than the, than the nails and the, the thorns, the spitting, the shame. He knew all that was coming. But he knew there was going to be that separation. So thank God that you and I will never have to experience that because of Jesus. But I want to look at more in depth at one other mountaintop thing today. Uh, when Jesus was on the Mount, what we call the Mount of Transfiguration in Luke 9. So before we do that, let's pray. I've talked long enough. Let's, let's pray and get God involved in this right now. He's with us right now. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much that you are with us, that you never leave us that you never forsake us, and that we can trust you and look to you. And Lord, just ask you to meet with us now, that you, we realize that you are here with us now, and we ask you to meet with us and help us uh, to use what we hear today that might we could go forth and uh, be in your presence, live in your presence. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so Luke 9, you're looking here at verse 27. And... Jesus says, but I tell you the truth, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the kingdom of God. Verse 28, and it came to pass about in eight days after these things, he took Peter and James, John and James and went up into a mountain to pray. And as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered and his raiment was white and glistering. And behold, there talked with him two men, which were Moses and Elias, who appeared in glory and spake of his decease, which he should accomplish at Jerusalem. But Peter and they that were with him were heavy with sleep. And when they awake, they saw his glory and the two men that stood with him. And it came to pass as they departed from him, Peter said unto Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. And let us make three tabernacles, one for thee and one for Moses and one for Elias, not knowing what he said. While he thus spake, there came a cloud and overshadowed them. And they feared as they entered into the cloud. And there came a voice out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son, hear him. And when the voice was passed, Jesus was found alone. And they kept it close and told no man in those days any of those things which they had seen. So you've got Jesus taking these, these three guys uh, apart from all the rest of the, the apostles and disciples up to this mountain uh, for, he doesn't tell them why, but just to go up to this mountain. So I, I, apparently I'm, th I'm guessing these three guys are just thinking, okay, this is just a good R&R weekend with the Lord. We're just going to get away and we're going to kind of relax a little bit and, and kick back. And not realizing, you know, God may just be up to something here. Something may be about ready to, maybe I ought to tune in here a little bit more that, okay, the Lord is taking me and James and John. We're all, but why, why is he just taking us up to the mountain? Either they were kind of, you know, prideful about it 
or they just were just clueless, or they would sounds like they were really tired, just kind of numbly going through the motions. Uh, but we ought to, you know, remember that our God is a God of mysteries, and He's a God of uh, the Bible says, "Who hath known the mind of the Lord?" And and the Bible says He's known His His ways are past finding out, and His judgments past finding out. That God is up to things. God is up to something. God is not, he's not ordinary God. There's no, we don't have an ordinary God. All right, God is always up to something. So these three guys go up the mountain, and this is, this is going to be a heaven on earth moment. This is where, if heaven could come down to earth for just a couple of minutes, this is it, right here. But these guys fall asleep, and they're missing. Jesus actually... Is, appears in his glorified heavenly body. Kind of like what John saw in, in Revelation when he saw Jesus glorified with his hair and his face shining and his clothes glistening brighter than the sun. Well, this is Jesus right now standing there on the mountain, literally on earth, on the mountain. And then there's Elijah and Moses literally standing there, not just a, you know, a hologram vision, no, but literally standing there in their glorified bodies on this earthly mountain with Jesus. And these guys are missing it. But the conversation's taking place about what's going to happen to Jesus on Mount Calvary, about the most important event in all of history that is about to take place, what God has been orchestrating for thousands of years that's about to happen, the salvation of mankind coming up here, and they're discussing it. But these guys are missing it. Then all of a sudden, I don't know what happened, but they woke up and started realizing what was happening, and Peter you got to love Peter. He just feels like he's got to say something. You know, those people that feel like they just got to say something. You get those kids at school that, you know, all of a sudden you, the teacher stops talking, trying to get his next thoughts, and some kid just feels like, ah, nah, nah, nah. they got to just break that silence. Like, you can't have silence. So uh, Peter just blurts out, like, hey, this is just no big heaven on earth moment. This is just a, a weekend getaway with all the guys. Hey, let me put up some camp, some tents, and let's just, yeah, let's sit around the campfire. And, and then all of a sudden, God the Father blacks out the whole scene. And it's just, it's dark. You love our God because he, he, out of the darkness, God brings forth clarity. And God clarifies the whole situation. He says, this is my beloved son. Hear him. He says, you are in the presence of God. Be with him. I think we need to remember that. God is with you. Be with him. I love what, what God told Moses up in, in Exodus 24, 12. He said, and the Lord said unto Moses, come up to me into the mount and be there. And I will give thee tables of stone. Moses, meet me up there and make sure you're present. Mentally, emotionally, not just physically. I get lots of kids at school that will sit there 
just wonderfully behaved, just perfect angels in behavior. But as I look at their eyes and they even look at me, I know their mind is, is a thousand miles away. There's no way they are processing what I am saying. I tell them, you might as well be in China. I tell you. That's what we need to, God wants us to be there when we are with him. Be there. Don't just physically be there, but be engaged with God. Well, spend some time with that God and be engaged when he's there. Well, I would, invite, I would, I would encourage us to go up to the mountain and be with your God every day. Not just for the big earth-shattering moment, but go up to the mountain. Now, that requires a little bit of effort, just like climbing a mountain. You're going to have to, you know, clear your schedule a little bit, find a little bit of time. Not talking hours, but find a little bit of time. Find a little space somewhere. Find a place. Try to get along with God and be with him. Spend some time. Now, he may, he, may, uh, he may give you something while you're there. He may reveal something. He may, you read the Bible. He may show you something. He may speak to you in your heart about something. He may uh, clarify something. He may not. But you've, you've, you've been with him. He, he may just want to give you a holy hug and remind you, I love you. You're my child. Uh, I, I know who you are. You know me. I know who you are. Uh, it, it may be that you just will go, go up and, and rehearse what you already know about God with him. Say, you're my God. You, you, the psalmist said, thou art my God. You're my God. You're my Savior. You're God the Father. You're God the Son. You're the one who died for me. I believe you died for me, God. I believe your death paid for my sins. I believe uh, because of you, I'm going to heaven. I believe, God, that uh, you're always with me. Just rehearse with God what you know and what you believe. And probably at that point, God will give you something else to think about and, and to, to celebrate with him and to rehearse with him. Well, I, I will usually, what I will do in the morning is I'll read a little bit of the Bible. And then what I do actually is I, I do some, I write. Because my mind will start going here, there, and there, and everywhere, you know, for what's coming up in the day. And so I'll, I'll actually write almost like writing a letter, but I know that God hearing my thoughts. I know he actually, he's hearing my thoughts, but I'll just, I'll write because it helps to keep my mind focused. It helps me to, to stay thinking about on purpose, talking to God. And yes, there's times where we, you can pray anywhere. You can pray driving the car. You can play, uh, pray walking down the street. You can, you can pray, you know, in the shower. You can pray wherever. But I'm talking about a specific time where you're just sitting down, focused on, on God, and, and you're there with God, and he's with you, and you're there with him. So whatever you need to do to you know, keep your mind focused at that point, realize you're talking to him, and he's talking to you. Well, I'd encourage you every day. Don't just wait for those big moments where you're on the mountain, you know, everything's going good, and you're celebrating something, or you're really, you know, down in the valley and everything's bad. Every day, God would invite you to come up to the mountaintop with him. 
Just have a time, a place where you will meet with God every day. And, and God, will, uh, God will help you to be more and more aware of him. So that you don't go through just the day, okay, you'd have your prayer time in the morning, and then you come to bed at night, oh, yeah, God. Yeah, it was a great day, God, wasn't it? Okay. No, you want to be more and more aware of him. God is with you morning, noon, night, all the time. So I'd encourage you to think about the mountaintop. Think about how... Uh, God's leading you, how he's working in your life. Reflection's important when you've been on the mountaintop. And you come down off some experience with God. It would be important to really consider what, what okay, what, what happened with me and God? Or what did God do? Or what I learned? Reflection's important. And again, keep in mind, you, you won't stay at the mountain. You, you will come back down to reality. And not everybody's going to realize where, what you've experienced with God. That's all right. It's between you and God. So have that time where you've spent time with God. And God will reward you and bless you for it. He'll respond. You reach out to him, he'll respond to you. He will. He won't be silent that whole time. He won't just make you sit there and, you know, no, he'll respond. But it's kind of like, you know, otherwise it's, I'm going to let you be God for a minute. Would you stand here? You look like God. All right, so you're God. This is me. You know, how many times do we, we go through the day like this? God's right there. Yep, going through my day. Even I may think about God. I wonder what God's doing right now. Oh, turn around. There. When you're with God, man, you and God be together. Just spend some time. Be there in his presence and talk. He is there. He is right inside you. When people say, Jesus in my heart, that, that's, there's, nothing wrong, there's nothing theologically wrong with that. Yes, his spirit is in your heart. Talk to him. Yes, physically, bodily, he's in heaven. But man, be there. Don't, don't go through the day like this. Yes, sometimes we get you know, focused on things we got to do and and that kid that's really irritating me, maybe if I did this more, and that kid irritate me, and I look at God, and uh, okay, yeah, I, I understand, yeah, all right, I understand, yeah, okay, thank you. Uh, but I would spend you, I would encourage you to, to go to God and be with him and spend time with him. All right, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for, for what you've done for us and how you came to be with us, and how we can be with you. And Lord, I just pray you'd help us more and more and more to, to realize it and to appreciate it and take advantage of it and to live it uh, more and more every day. We love you, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.